Thank you for your time. This is the Get In Divorce, I'll Lose Your Mind podcast with Corey Shapiro. In divorce news, we are being taken over by Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, 2022 Virginia case. Johnny Depp won the trial. The jury found that Amber Heard, as you probably know already, made up the allegations that uh, she was abused by him. I don't want to talk about their mutually toxic relationship. I just want to focus on a few things, a few observations, which I haven't really noticed been said so far. One, I want to talk about this issue about having a case being decided by a jury versus a judge. And I want to also think about the three things that we focus on when we are focusing on a court case. So let's start with the jury and the judge issue. Now, in 2020, maybe you know Johnny Depp lost a case in the UK that was a judge case that I think uh, the Sun publication newspaper found uh, or claimed he was a wife beater. Now, in 2020, in the UK, a judge found that to be a substantially true statement, and he lost that case. That trial was not televised. There was no social media swarm. So that case seemed to be decided on the law, maybe on the facts as well. Now, this case was, I think, focused on the noise. And what I mean by that is the noise is what you focus on when you don't have the law and you don't have the facts. This case in 2022 was a jury case, right? So unlike the 2020 case, the person that was important in that case was a judge and you had to influence the mind of the judge. You couldn't influence the mind of the judge with outside forces, had to do it through admissible evidence following very specific rules that's been set out for a long time and argue things in a certain way, right? But in this case, in the the jury case, it was a little different. And I'll tell you why maybe things went the way they did, at least round one. And why, what I mean by round one is it's probably, it's, I think it's going to be appealed. Okay. So round one, you have the jury. Now you're saying, well, can't the jury be objective? Of course, the jury could be objective. Why couldn't they be? A judge can be objective. I think a judge could be objective or subjective. Now, a judge can also be influenced by noise. Don't think just because a judge you know, has been doing this for a long time, they can't be susceptible to noise. The whole point of a, you know, of a high conflict divorce or a divorce where you really need the judge to make a decision, a tactic some attorneys use is trying to influence the mind of the judge through what I'm going to call noise, but it's usually the noise is created by you. And that's why the whole point of this podcast is getting divorced without losing your mind. You don't want to lose your mind in your case. You don't want to do anything that's going to set off the judge to focus on that noise, you know, sending that scathing email, text, whatever it is. You want the judge to focus on the law, the facts. So here, why am I focusing on the jury? Well, in this case, the jury was not sequestered. They were allowed to go home. Sequestering is where you keep the jury basically in isolation to keep outside influence from them, from making a decision. You're basically trying to protect their mind. Uh, That's really what it's all about. Now, you may have remembered they did this. The last big time people heard about this type of case, it reminds me of O.J. Simpson in 1995. There, the jury was sequestered for 265 days. Can you remember, imagine being your, a jury in that case? You can't work, can't see your family. I mean, ridiculous. But Judge Lance Ito wanted to protect the minds of the jury, try to help come up with a, a decision, not based necessarily on outside influence, but based on what was presented in that courtroom. Now, he did open the courtroom to media, 
which was a, I believe, a controversial decision for uh, Judge Penny Oscarate, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, in Virginia, because one, she allows the media in, and two, she doesn't sequester the jury. So this just begs the question is how much influence did these jurors when they go home? You know, so like you listen to court in court, even if you watch it on YouTube, it's 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 not as there's a lot of editing. It takes time. There's a lot of lulls. It's going to really tax your mind if you're not used to it. And even if you are used to it, you have to be on. You have to be focused. So what my point is, you hear evidence during the day as a jury or juror, and you go home. You're having dinner. Maybe if a child, a kid, teenager, they say, hey, I saw a TikTok on this. You're telling me you're not going to look at that TikTok and see what they are saying, or there's a YouTube on this, or read any articles? Let's say you're an older person. Aren't you going to read maybe the New York Times and what they've said, or maybe a Wall Street Journal, or maybe whoever your favorite writer is, or maybe it's your favorite podcast? But I think most people are going to listen to you know their children, then themselves, Instagram. There's just so much influence. Now, here's the tricky thing. And this is what is maybe not focused on, is who's behind all that? Who's behind all that? I would suggest to you that the people behind that have an agenda that is larger than this issue, larger than the issue. And you know, this was just an opportunity for that movement to take a stance. And they did so. Uh, I'm not saying other people just didn't weigh in and chime in, but there is people who spent lots of money, just like in the presidential race, trying to get mindshare on a certain position. And they backed a certain candidate. And same thing here. People take sides. So some people were for Hillary, some people for Donald Trump. Donald Trump was more effective in that outside influence campaign using social media to get mindshare and make people vote a certain way. Same thing here. Very similar. So I would like to see what happens when it goes to the appellate level, because at that time, the judges really should be focused on the law. And again, I will leave the article, the show notes. You make your own decision. It's going to be hard, but focus on the law and see what you would have done, at least at the trial level. Uh, Last thing I want to say about this, I was also surprised the case was in Virginia. Neither parties are from Virginia. The two main attorneys were from there, but one of Johnny Depp's attorneys who got a lot of fame during this this trial and and really has a bright future for her. She's from California. So it just seemed to make sense. I just didn't, I, I mean, I guess it doesn't make sense to me that why Virginia taxpayers had to foot this bill. It's not inexpensive to, to put a campaign like that on. So I'm not sure what the parties have to pay, whoever lost or won. I mean, it was a split decision, so they both lost and won in a sense. I'm not sure if they have to pay something. But the point is, it costs lots of money to put this on, a lot of time and energy of the court system. And why should you know that state court system be used by non-residents? That just doesn't make sense to me. Maybe in a federal, you know, if that was a federal courthouse, that might be different. All right, so let's move on to the question of the episode. It's from Francine, who asks, well, first I say I'm divorced. I've been having some co-parenting issues with my ex. All of a sudden, he just left town for a few months and did not see the children at all. Then he reappeared and now wants to see the children when he wants to. We have a parenting schedule, but he doesn't want to follow it. Now I just basically give in to him most times to let to see them. He doesn't see the children that often, but it's becoming a real burden to me. I'm also scared. 
that this is just going to continue, but I don't want to go back to court. On the other hand, I'm scared that uh, if I don't do anything, uh, my life is just going to be more and more uh, disrupted by his behavior. How do I know if I can resolve this matter outside of court or not? Well, Francine, that's the catch-22. It's almost like if you go to a doctor, how do I know if I need surgery or not? And I'm not sure what you need at this point. I'm a little necessarily confused of what's going on. If a parent took a little bit of a break and came back, I would presume the parenting schedule continues. If he doesn't follow the parenting schedule, I would presume that you don't have to grant time. I don't know what it says about that. You might want to double check, talk to obviously your attorney. But the point is that a lot of this comes down to you. And, you know, I understand, you know, getting along to going along, not causing any drama. On the other hand, you know, these parenting schedules, these times have a purpose. And so you can have stability for the children, but also for you. So, you know, if you know you're going to do alternate weekends, for example, then you know you can plan your life. You know, a lot of times when you have a parent who doesn't exercise their parenting time, what I've seen done is courts will then make that parent pay childcare for the time that they're not with the children. So for example, if your parenting plan says alternating weekends, he doesn't want to do alternating weekends, you have to do 100% of the weekends. That could be an issue for the court to either increase child support or to make him pay for childcare because you're supposed to have an adult life as well, assuming there's resources available to do all those things. What I always tell people is you might want to consider what we call here in New York a parenting coordinator, maybe in other places it's called something different, a parenting counselor, a child specialist, someone who has expertise in this area, and someone who can sort of help you to come to some understanding of working out maybe a new schedule that works better for you. You know, you don't necessarily, just because you have this parenting plan, I don't want you to think it's fixed in stone. It is, I mean, in sense it is. Because that's what a court would do. But if a court was going to look at it, they always can modify it based on the best interest of the child. So, for example, if he has not exercised his parenting time, then the court might take away the parenting time. So he wouldn't even have the opportunity. So just to recap, Francine, one, a lot of this is hard to do. You're going to have to set strong boundaries. I understand there may be pushback. The pushback will be resolved, I hope, through a parenting coordinator, a parenting counselor. That would be my first line of defense. That's a diplomatic way of doing it. If things progress, obviously, you might have to go to court. You obviously should talk to an attorney and also flesh out what's really going on. But that at least gives you a start for some of the issues that you might be having. All right. In our announcements, we have our book at gettingdivorcedebook.com, our our book website. You can get your free copy. You can also purchase it on Amazon. We have our ebook. A video series. We have a link for that on the Getting Divorced ebook website. And as I said uh, last week, we've been starting these stories on IG. I've been getting some feedback from that. And, you know, we were trying to put out some bite sized tips and contents. I really am interested in focusing on the foundation. That's what I'm most interested in. I mean, my first book is Getting Divorced Without Losing Your Mind. It's all about trying to not do anything that makes bad decisions that you're going to regret in the long term. So the point is, in the short term, it might feel good to do something, but in the long term, these decisions may hurt you. Some would say that what is what Amber Heard did. I don't know if what she did, again, is was right or true or false, 
Let's assume it was false. Obviously, that's not the right thing to do. On the other hand, if it was true, could there have been a better way of handling that? And that's for counselors, you know, her whoever her advisors were at the time. But whatever way she handled it, it didn't work. Didn't work for this court, at least. I don't know what's going to happen at the appellate level. All right. I appreciate all of you listening to this podcast, reading the books, doing the work that is necessary. This is a tough time. And we're not just doing nothing. We're trying to get better. And that's the whole journey. When clients come to me, I'm trying to get them better. The hardest part is to realize you have, you need help. You know, and you get that help through, it starts off generally through friends, but sometimes friends are not enough. You could read books, just watch videos, but you know, usually it's helped really, I think an exponential increase in speaking to someone, someone who's been through this. So this is the start of that podcast is just talking to you as just if you're in my office, helping you through divorce strategy, right? This does not supplant going to an attorney, but it's in a bridge. So maybe if you hear a podcast and you hear a topic, you start understanding the language that we use, that you're not alone, and you might feel more comfortable making that call. You know, I, I take for granted how hard it is for people just to make a call and talk to us. I find the same way, you know, if I want to go to a, a doctor that something is elective. Obviously, it's an emergency situation. I'm going to a doctor left and right. But a lot of things are not. It's something that might be bothering you. You should go, but you don't go. So if you're like me, you just wait. Maybe it will go away, but it doesn't go away. And it might just get worse. And that's the point here. This is not going to maybe get better unless you do something different. So I want to surround yourself with positive people. I want you to focus on your self-care. I want you to get good advice from good professionals. And if you do that, I think you're on the right track. All right, remember, this podcast is for informational purposes only. Please consult with your attorney before acting on the information contained in this podcast. Until next time, here's to making better decisions. 